Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Let's get into the Word. We've been on a series, just some very basic and simple things around getting our spiritual life in shape and in perspective. Let's pray. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach your word. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding will come forth in and through your word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. We've been looking at this subject around spiritual growth, developing yourself, and building yourself up to where the Lord can use you for a kingdom assignment. Your spiritual growth is deeply affected by your personal commitment to the things of God. Your spiritual growth is deeply affected by your personal discipline to the things of God. What that means is that there are no limits to your spiritual growth and development except the ones you place on yourself. That means that everyone can grow in God as much as they want to grow. Praise God. You can develop as much as you want to develop. You can know God as much as you want to know God. So this evening we're looking at basic prayer habits. Basic prayer habits. I just want to share a few simple thoughts with you along this line. And um, trust in the Lord that He would use this to help you develop more and more in Him. And like I was saying all the time, when I talk about your spiritual growth and development, we're talking about putting yourself in a position where God can use you to do mighty things for His kingdom. Putting yourself in a position where you can be used to reach more lives. Praise God. You know, if you're not... If you're not usable, you know, you know, sometimes people make some of these general statements. You, you hear words like, God can use anything. God can use anybody. Have you heard statements like that? You know, that's not completely true. Because <laughs> Paul tells Timothy that if a man cleanses himself, you know, he's talking about in a great house, there are what? Um, vessels of silver, vessels of gold, vessels of clay and all that. He says, but if a man cleanses himself, if a man purifies himself, then he can become a vessel of honor. What that means is that there is a lifestyle to live for God to be able to use you for proper kingdom assignments. Don't always try to, listen carefully to this, don't always try to lower the standards for yourself. Don't always try to do that. There are scriptural standards that God wants us to attain to. There are heights. When we see things in the scripture, for instance, when you read a, a, a scriptural verse that talks about Elijah and says he prayed and there was no rain and he prayed again and there was rain, don't, don't look at that and say, wow, Eli Elijah. No, don't. That is written there for your example. Is that what the Bible says? Now, an example shows you what is possible. If, 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 if I were to be a mathematics teacher, thank God I'm not. But if I have to be a mathematics teacher and I give you examples, I'll give you classwork, I'll give you example, I'll give you classwork, I'll give you example, then what should I give to you? What, what, what will be the next thing your teacher will give to you? Assignment or homework, right? 
Now, do you go and look at the example and say, wow, what an example. Oh, man, look at that example. No, the example is to show you that the homework is coming. And that's how you should get it done. That's exactly, when we read the scriptures and we see these giants of faith in the scriptures, they were not written so we would stand in awe of them. We are not to throw a salute for them. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When we see Peter raising uh, the dead, when we see uh, um, handkerchiefs coming out from Paul's body healing the sick, when we see Peter and John raising the man at the gate beautiful, we're not to look and say, wow, man, these guys, oh my God, look at Peter. No, we're to look at them and say, you know what, God, if you did it with Peter, you can do it with us. Praise God. When you read the Bible, don't reduce your expectation. Tell your neighbor when you read the Bible, don't reduce your expectation. You reduce your voice. Let's say it one more time. Say neighbor. Pastor is telling you. Say it one more time. Pastor is telling you that when you read the Bible, don't reduce your expectation. Praise God. Yeah, don't reduce it. Somebody say, what about if I pray for the sick and they don't recover? Pray again. Glory to God. What about it? No, don't. You see, when we look at the scriptures, for instance, you know, I've always said this, okay? I don't know why the Holy Ghost is taking me this way, but I'll just, we'll just follow him. We'll, we'll come back. He knows the road. You know, I've told people this. When you read the woman with the issue of blood, right? You've heard preachers teach that all the time. The woman with the issue of blood, and we've read it. What, what do you see yourself as every time you read that story? Let's be honest. I know you're a man, but what do you see yourself at every time you read that story? Those of you here never see yourself in that story. What do you see yourself at? The woman with the issue of blood, right? Am I right? Have you ever thought that you could be Jesus in that story? And other people who have problems are the women with the issue of blood. Have you ever thought about that? But the Bible tells us that we are ambassadors of Christ. Praise the name of the Lord. We are now representative of Christ. So it's possible for me to read that and say, wow, glory to God. I can be Jesus in that story. I can be the one that when people touch, they'll get healed. Praise God. Or every time you read blind Bartimaeus, what do you see yourself as? <laughs> it's in your mind, I know. You see yourself as blind Bartimaeus, right? And you hear, cry, cry, the master is present. Cry, the master is present. Have you ever thought that you are the one there who can represent Jesus and God wants to use you to minister to those who are blind? We have to renew our mind. Let's always not come to God with a victim mentality. Every time you read the scripture, don't find yourself as the victim there. The scripture says, Savior shall arise out of Mount Zion. You need to start seeing yourself as a Savior. Praise the name of the Lord. And so when you read the scriptures, you look at the scriptures and say, Wow, where is the Savior role here? What, what? Because you know what? What Jesus is doing on the earth today, He's doing through His body. And you are the body of Christ. Thought somebody would say amen. Or you don't look like the body of Christ. <laughs> you are the body of Christ. That's why Jesus died. So we, we see the Bible. From, the Bible tells us who we are. Praise the name of the Lord. Now let's go to basic prayer habits. I'll talk about that some other day. If the Holy Ghost permits us. What is a habit? What is a habit? English dictionary. A habit is a settled. I need to observe the word. Settled. Or regular tendency or practice. A settled or regular tendency or practice, especially one that is hard to give up. So, a, a habit is a settled or regular tendency or practice. Or we can say it's a regular practice, it's a regular tendency, especially one that is hard to give up. So, if, you, if, you, if, it, if it's something you give up easily, then it's not yet a habit. You, you've got to understand that. Okay? So, 
A habit has to be something that's a bit difficult to give up. It's part of your subconscious. You almost do it subconsciously. You're not thinking about it, but you almost do that. Right. Now, when you look at the scriptures, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, let's read that. Go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 16. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 16. It says, Rejoice always. Rejoice always. Go to verse 17. Pray without season. Pray without season. So, the, the apostolic instruction is for us to be what? A people of prayer. Now, I want you to see something. Uh, prayer is not just asking God for things. Prayer is fellowshipping with God. Prayer is doing business with God. Praise the name of the Lord. It says, pray without season. Pray without season. That's pray, be someone who's got the habit and the culture of prayer. We've talked about the culture here all the time. What's the culture? The way of life of what? Of a people. Am I right? Okay. So, the culture, <laughs> you know, when you, when, you, when you encounter a culture, if you're not from that culture, you experience what you call cultural shock. Right. I remember the first time I went to Kenya, and uh, every time they, they have this fantastic habit, you always wash your hands every time. You, you want to eat every time, every time you want to eat, every time you want to eat, every time you want to eat with, with warm water. You know, I, I remember after the, the second day, you know, it, you know, here we can wash our hands, you know, one day for one week, you know what I'm saying? Like, you just pay your subscription on Monday and you know, this will take you to the next Monday, you know? So, <laughs> you know, so, it, it's, it's almost like that way of life. So, you, maybe you, you know, sometimes even if you go to some people's house and you want to eat and they give you water to wash hands here, yeah, you go to the next person's house, that person might not even bother to give you. So, you know, it's not our culture. You know, maybe that person just watched one video or something or just extremely hygienic in that sense. But for them, it's their culture. So, you know, when we went to this house and we washed our hands, in your mind you'll be thinking, well, when I go to the next house, maybe this person will forget. And then they bring theirs. So what do you realize? A culture is something that is part of that person. It's, it's part of their life. And the Bible is saying that prayer has to be a culture for us. We don't just pray because of, it's an emergency. Okay? We pray because what? It is our lifestyle. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, go to um, Psalm 55 and verse 17. Psalms chapter 55 and verse 17. We're just looking at certain things this month that can help us become better Christians. Praise the name of the Lord. Psalm 55 and verse 17. It says, Evening and morning and at noon I'll complain and murmur and he will hear my voice. <laughs> David set a time for his complaining. Okay? But what I want you to see here, the, the word complain here was actually more like used for prayer. The New American Standard Bible uses the word complain, but if you read other translations, it says, evening and morning and at noon, I will pray and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice. I will pray and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice. Now, I want you to notice the consistency of that. He says, I'm going to do it in the evening, I'm going to do it in the morning, and I'm going to do it in the noon. I will be consistent in my prayers. I will be consistent in my prayers. Now, many times we hear about consistency, but we actually find it very difficult to be consistent. And the reason is because we haven't come to this place where we understand, look at this carefully, what we miss when we're not consistent. Praise God. We haven't understand what we miss when we're not consistent. What are the gains? Because some of these things are spiritual things. So, we're not able to tell in material terms, sometimes, what we miss when we're not consistent in prayer. For instance, let me give an example. If you, if you don't go to work, for those of you that they pay per day, there are some of you they pay daily, right? They, or some, some, in some developed countries, they pay you per hour. So, they tell you maybe you're earning $20 per hour. 
or $60 per hour, or 100 naira per hour. So if you work for 8 hours, it's 800 naira. Now, if you, if you work for 6 hours, or you miss certain hours, you are able to calculate, this is what I've missed. Okay? Maybe you've missed 3 days. And you say, ah oh, man, you know, I've missed like 3,000 naira. Let's say it's 1,000 naira a day. You're able to calculate that. So it's easy for you to say, man, my consistency is going to give me extra 3,000. But the things of the Spirit... We can't really quantify them. So sometimes when we even miss out, we don't even know what we're missing out. Yeah? If I ask you, for instance, did you pray today? You say no. And I ask you, so because you did not pray, what did you miss out? You, you will not readily be able to tell. In fact, you will even feel that, yeah, you didn't miss out anything because your life just went smoothly. So because of our inability to understand the spiritual implications and the things that God has in store for us, when we miss out of our spiritual practice, it's not easily noticed. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We cannot easily say, oh, because, you know, sometimes it's when negative things happen, people now think back like, ah, is it because I did not pray today that this bike hit me? You know, but there are many days you didn't pray and everything went smoothly. And that is the danger. Because when you don't do your spiritual activities and everything is going fine, you think nothing is wrong. But what about if you stay consistent? You will be building things in the spirit that, you know, when the harvest comes, people will say, this guy is lucky. Praise God. Are you following this? There was a time I was doing something, spiritual exercise, and, uh, I, you know, at the early stages I got something in my spirit about it, and I was praying, and the Lord says, I need you to finish this. I need you to get this to the end. Get it to the end. Stretch it. Because my flesh was beginning to kick in, to pull back, and say, no, you finish this. You stay there. And you see, when the Lord gives you such an instruction... God wants you to always walk by faith. Let me tell you something. If the Lord appears to you right now, okay? If the Lord appears to you right now and says, My son, if you pray for 60 days consistently every day, I will make you a billionaire. How many of you know you will not quit? Come on, do I have some people who are going to quit? You, you say, God, I'll give you five more, 65. Five extra. You know why? You know why we will stay consistent? Our mind can now understand what we will gain. But how many of you know that's not faith? And whatever is not of faith is sin. It doesn't please God. So when you come into the place of prayer consistently, God is not going to tell you, this is what your consistent prayer will bet. He would want you to follow the journey by faith. Praise God. How many of you know if God tells you today, if you pray every day for the next one year, I'm going to give you children that will be so awesome. One of them is going to become I'm just saying. How many of you know you'll do one, one year, six months? Say, President, God, I'll give you two extra years. But you see, that's Thomas. Thomas says, I will not believe until I can touch. Many of us are not consistent because we, don't, we cannot quantify. You've got to follow me tonight. Many of us are not consistent because we cannot quantify in material terms what are the benefits of our spiritual development. And that is where the problem is. Praise God. Come on, I said praise God. The other extreme is when you now tell people, oh, if you do this daily, then you will make heaven. Okay? So you say, oh, I don't want to miss heaven. Have you seen people like that? Oh, I don't want to miss heaven. Oh, I don't want to miss it. Because in their mind, they can logically just think of heaven because of the way it's been painted. So you see again, their consistency is because of that, what they can get. Following God is a faith work. Do you know when uh, Enoch walked with the Lord? The Bible says Enoch walked with God and it was not for God took him. Do you know Enoch did not know that his walking with God would make him escape death? He just kept walking with God. He just kept walking with God. He just kept walking with God. And he realized he didn't die. He just escaped death. There was nothing that says if you keep walking with God, you will escape death. 
What am I trying to convey to you tonight? Your spiritual practices, you cannot tell their benefits, but you cannot tell the immense benefit in the things you do daily. Studying the word, praying, confessing the word, you can't tell. And you've got to train yourself to say, listen, even though I cannot quantify this thing in the natural, I'll by faith stay consistent. Because you know what you're doing? You're putting yourself in a position where you can receive and walk in your inheritance and that which God has for you. Praise the name of the Lord. Are you still here? Alright. First um, Peter 3.12 says, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and His ears are open to their prayers. First Peter chapter 3. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and His ears are open to their prayers. So we realize that God's ears are open to our prayers. And remember what we said on Sunday. A prayer not said cannot be answered. Hmm? God is waiting to answer you. You, you're not praying anything. Hmm? Every time God looks in the direction of your bed, snores are emanating from, from your bed to his ears. For the eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous, and his ears attend to their prayer. I want you to think of that first part of that verse. God's ears is open to attend to your prayers. Oh, how much more we can rot on the earth if we will be men of prayers. How much more we can get done if we become people of prayers. Praise the name of the Lord. I want, I want to stir your heart to be consistent. What will happen at the end of this year if you become consistent? If you grow more in your work with God? Praise the name of the Lord. You grow more in your work with God. Hmm? That you're no longer that angry person. You, you check around you, there's no anger. You check around you, it's hard to walk in malice and bitterness and hatred and jealousy and envy. What's happening? You're growing. You're becoming more mature than God. You see things now more from the, from the perspective of the Spirit. Things that, you know, months ago or years ago will, will, will just make you fly off the handle. They no, longer make, they no longer do that to you. You know, you need to, you need to be in some place and see some Christians quarreling. And you say, oh, my brother. I say, don't, don't bother me. The Christianity is not stupidity. Knowing Jesus is not foolishness. They will start giving you quotes like that. <laughs> but you see, after you've grown for a while, the love of God is shared abroad in your heart. You're rooted and grounded in that love. When you see people misbehave, you would have compassion on them. That, oh, I wish these people knew the gospel. Praise the name of the Lord. I wish they knew the gospel. Strife will be taken out. There's, there's, you see, when a man is in darkness, the man that is in light should not step into darkness with him. That's something you should always remember. Hmm? Always remember that. You are a believer. Don't, don't, don't feel like, you know, some, I don't know how to put it. But some people feel that being a believer, that if they were not believers, they would have gone far ahead in life. Have you seen people, you know, they just be, if I was not born and I deal with you, you will respect me. You know, they feel like, it's almost like God, you are tying my hands. I know how to revenge. No. No. You know, God told Noah. And the first time I read that scripture, it changed my life. He says, I'll put your dread upon those who will see you. Ah! God, God said to Noah, He says, I'll put your dread. That means men will see you and will, will fear you. You can't achieve that by muzzles. Praise God. I mean, I thank God. I'm, I'm not... I don't, I'm not in a situation where I'm harassed. It doesn't happen to me. I, that scripture, I prayed it for years. Meditated on it. Hmm? You see where they are flogging a lot of people. Flog, somehow, somehow, they exempt me. I'm not, I don't have that. I don't have those opportunities to be embarrassed. Because there's a circle of dread around me that goes before me. 
That's not by muscle. It's not by saying, ah, if I were in the world, if I were in the world, I will break bottle on your head. You can only break bottle on one person's head. When the Assyrian armies come, how many crates do you want to break? Don't feel, listen carefully to this, don't feel you are losing out for being a Christian. Don't say, this patient thing is not helping me. I know, I know who I was before. No. No. Who you were before? You were a son of the devil. Now you're a child of God. There is a way that royalty walks. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There's a way that royalty sits. Don't think you're missing out dressing half naked. Save not for Christianity. When they talk fashion, do you know fashion? No, 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 no. We are now royalty. Glory to God. We're not, don't have a sense of loss. There is something higher. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Adam was not clothed with natural clothes. He was clothed with the glory of God. That when he lost the glory, he was not looking for fig trees to cover himself. Everything we're doing today in the name of fashion is fig trees. Are you hearing this? Don't feel, this is a word for someone, don't feel like you're losing out. By the time I married you, when other men are talking, will you be, no, don't, don't, don't feel that your humility is making your wife to look down on you. He says, love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave herself for her. We operate by different standards. And you know all these things I'm saying, in the place of prayer, the Lord will help you to walk in them. As you're praying, as you're praying, God will say, forgive that person. Say, you will try to cover it with tongues. Man, don't say that. God say, forgive. <laughs> and you know, the Holy Spirit has a way of speaking to you. After all the tongues, once you cool down, then the still small voice will say, walk in love. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And you know what God is doing at that time? He's conforming you to the image of His Son. He's making you more like Christ. Glory to God. You know, I don't know, just go in a different direction tonight, but we'll just proceed. You know, many times when we're building or doing stuff and all of these and some of this construction and pastoral work, some people will come, do stuff for us. They will think they are very crafty. Very crafty. And uh, sometimes they'll meet me in the office. Say, what do we do? I'll say, pay them. Ah, they'll say, no, no. This person knows what he's doing. Some people don't know the revelation that I'll pray from. Two things. When Hezekiah gave money to the king of Assyria to come and join him to fight a battle, the prophet came to him and said, why did you hire others to fight with you? And he said, oh, I'm sorry. He says, but I've paid him so and so thousands of silver. The prophet looked at him and said, God is able to give you much more than this. Listen to me. There is nothing on this earth that I lose that God is not able to give me much more than. So when somebody comes and looks like he has cheated me, I go back to that scripture. And I say, Lord, you're able to give me much more than this. There is no one that has cheated me that has grown beyond me. That's the truth. And the second thing, when you follow the footsteps of Abraham, you would learn not to walk in strife. When people want to strife, give them the better portion. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I am fighting. No, no. We are not. I, I, I don't like any of you using that word hustle. That word irritates my spirit. We are not hustlers. Are you hearing what I'm saying? No, you are a king. Don't say that. Oh, God will bless my hustle. God will bless my... Stop that. Say the word. Leave all this street language out, out of your life. But you know what? Abraham allowed Lot to go. And this is the funny thing. God now told him. He says, all the land that you see, including the one Lot took, he says, I'll give everything to you. Fast forward down the line, years later, Lot left that same land with nothing. It's not, it's not your human attempt to grab so much out of life that brings increase. There's something called the blessing of the Lord. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
all this dog eat dog spirit, you know, you know, I compete, smart guy, you know, don't do that. Don't do that. You will look very foolish to the world, and that is what we don't want to look like. You know, we want to be smart to the world. But you can't be smart to the world and smart in God at the same time. Stay, stay in one place. So if you are with God, let's know you are with God and operate by His principles. And if God does not prove Himself true in your life, then you know that He's a liar. Glory to God. Come on, are you here? Are you learning something tonight? All right. Every prayer warrior was once a prayer amateur who stayed consistent. Anybody you see as a prayer warrior? Hmm? Oh, this person can pray. Oh, this person can, you know, oh, this, you know, sometimes people say, ah, pastor, you can teach. <laughs> you know, thank God for the anointing. But also thank God that I have brains. So what do I do? I study. I study. I didn't start teaching out like this. I study. Study to show myself approved. A workman that needs not to be ashamed because there are some workmen that are ashamed. You know, you hear some people interpret scriptures and you're like, oh God. <laughs> so there's the place of the anointing. There's the place of your work, your diligence. You have to read, got to read, got to study, got to spend time with God. So every prayer warrior was once a prayer amateur who stayed consistent. So everybody grew. Nobody was born with a prayer talent. Even people you say, oh, they have the grace of intercessors, they are, they are, sorry, they are intercessors, they are prayer warriors. They train themselves. Some of them joined the prayer department and they kept praying and they kept going for all night. Are you following what I'm saying? Listen, anything you have interest in, you would develop in it. Have you met some men that don't have interest in football? Have you met people like that? There are a few. But you know, sometimes you wonder. You're talking football and they're there interested. You know, like, uh -uh, what is wrong with you? It's just interest. Then I've also sat, you know, gone to visit some of our friends, family friends, and they are watching lawn tennis. Just say, hey! Hey! <laughs> and I ask myself, what is wrong with these people? How can you just watch two people, you know, just shouting and playing ball one to another? Then they'll go and sit down, they'll drink water, they'll come back. I mean, the other one is golf. People just carry a stick and just play ball and trek 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 and play ball. You know what? It's because I don't have interest. It's the same way when they watch you, watching your own football. It was like, what's wrong with these people? How can 11 people be chasing one leather all over the place? Are you following what I'm saying? So you realize that our interest is what now... So when you study football for... Sorry, not study football. But when you follow football, for instance, then you can... You can see a player, you know, then a player, you know, is transferred. You can say, oh, this guy was... You can begin to understand that. You know? <laughs> sometimes, I mean, sometimes my son comes to me and he's asking me a question about, you know... I mean, you can only support one club in my house. That's... Uh, that you don't have an option. If you are eating food, there's only one place, place you can support. So he comes and he's asking me a question. You know, someone I was asking myself, that, how does this guy even think that I know all of these things? You know, but you just see that he sees that I have interest, I talk about, and then we engage on that. Now, if I had interest in something else, let's say I had interest in golf or cricket. <laughs> cricket is just out of... We shouldn't even mention it as we are mentioning this one. I mean, cricket, I have no idea what they are doing there. <laughs> you understand? But you realize that there are some people that... I mean, if you, if you go to South Africa... I remember one time I was in South Africa. I think, man, they love cricket. R rugby. No. Yeah, the Indians were in the house of the Indians. So the Indian, they were from Indian heritage. So those ones loved cricket. They were playing cricket World Cup. The, the, the house was buzzing. When we were at the Ravi's place, the house was buzzing. Ah, World Cup final, World Cup. Ah. Everybody was excited. Much we started, but I, I, I was just there. In my heart, like Jesus, I felt compassion for them. You understand? And then I was in South Africa one other time, and they had this rugby finals. In fact, I think that was the, the year they won. So the rugby team was coming back home. Man, the streets were packed. And you watch that thing and you're asking, what is this? What am I saying? You cannot develop in what you don't have interest in. See, if you don't have interest in prayer, you will not develop. 
Once they pray for a while, you're tired. As you point, you say, What is prayer request? Oh, there's no prayer request. You'll be praying summarized prayer. Oh God, bless our coming out. Bless our going in. As we turn around, bless us. God in my light. God in my right. God behind me. God in front of me. God of up, up, up me. In Jesus' name. Angel, guide me. Amen. You are done. No interest. No interest. Praise God. It's no interest. So, let's look at this now. Daniel chapter 6 verse 10. We talked about this on Sunday, right? Daniel prayed three times. We talked about it on Sunday, so just write it down. Daniel 6 10. Daniel prayed three times. Luke chapter 5 verse 16. Let's look at the life of Jesus. Luke chapter 5 verse 16. Luke 5 16, 16, 16. But Jesus himself would often slip away to the wilderness and pray. Jesus would often slip away to the wilderness and pray. So that tells us that Jesus had a prayer habit. Jesus would often, you know, sleep to the wilderness and pray. So he had a prayer habit. Now, have a schedule. We're talking about prayer habit now. Write this quote down, then we'll give you some points there. Your schedule is driven by your priorities. Your schedule is driven by your priorities. What's priority? How many of us learned scale of preference in economics? Remember scale of preference? Okay? So what's the easiest example to talk about scale of preference? You have 200 naira. You're going to the market. You need a lot of things. But you have only 200 naira. So what would the 200 naira do? You buy what? You buy all things? No, if you buy 200 naira, all things, they will catch you. Because you will steal some. So what, what are you going to do? You would arrange your 200 naira in the order of importance. Okay? So let's take an example. You want to cook a pot of soup. Let's say you have, you know, some people's mind can't even go around it. 200 naira, pot of soup. They're not consistent. Okay, so let's increase the money a bit. Let's say you have 3,000 naira. You want to cook a pot of soup, right? So what's going to be like up there, up there? Meat. Okay. So you're going to meat. What's going to follow up? Fish. Meat and fish, you are a rich woman. I don't think you understand scale of preference. <laughs> we are not talking to wealthy people here. We are talking to people who you will have to choose one. Okay, so let's go back again. What, what, what would you likely have? So we have meat. So what would you have? You have oil. Uh, you have, okay, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Let's let's let not become a cooking class. So now imagine going to the market and you decide that okay, you're going to buy a blouse first. And meanwhile, your original intention for going to the market was to cook soup. What's going to happen? By the time you buy your blouse, what's going to happen? You realize that the soup is not complete. And you know you can't, you can't eat a bam blouse. Have you tried it before? Say, where is our soup? Then you now say, I bought red blouse. Say, let's see. No, you can't do that. So you realize that your priority would determine what? Your schedule. So that means that when you're going to the market, now follow my example now. When you're going to the market, you are heading straight to the place they are selling meat. Right? Now, every, some other women actually, their clothes are torn. And the husband says, you go get yourself a, a good blouse. Now, the, the woman comes to the market at the same time with you, but where is that woman headed? To the, the, the blouse corner. Okay? Or if it's a guy, maybe to the shoe corner. What I'm saying is that, your priority determines how you're going to use your time. What you're going to use your time for. If you prioritize your spiritual life, prayer will be up there. If your spiritual life is important to you, prayer will be what? Up there. Now the challenge is that we don't know that we are spirits. We have a soul and we live in a body. We always relate to ourselves the way we relate. We just only relate to ourselves by our body. If you understand that the spiritual realm controls the natural, you will invest in the spiritual realm. You will invest in the spiritual realm. Let me tell you something. One word from God in the place of prayer can solve all the issues you're battling with. One word. God will just speak a word to you. God will just give you direction. God will just, you know, put something in your heart. Give you a direction. Speak to you about things. Tell you what to do. Open sending doors for you. You know, I was praying a couple of days ago. Just praying. I was praying in church. Just walking around and praying. And the Lord just put a word in my heart. That I would open doors for you. You were not even looking in that direction. It just came up in my spirit. And I set it out. And uh, 
I got two invitations to go preach somebody. Places that I, I just never thought, never thought, never thought they would invite me for a meeting. That's, that's what happens in prayer. The Lord will put phrases in your heart. Your faith will be rooted there. Glory to God. Come and I said, glory to God. Alright. So, your schedule is driven by your priorities. Now, let's see, see this now. If you want to develop basic prayer habit, first of all, have a schedule. Have a time. Have a schedule and have a time. What is your prayer time? Try to have a schedule and try to have a time. Okay? Now, number two, I'm going to go a bit fast. Number two, there's what you call concentric circles. Concentric circles. Don't mind the English. Just focus on circles. <laughs> okay? What that means is this, right? Um, you start, it's like you have a lot of circles like this, okay? That keeps revolving around, revolving around. So, number one, start praying for yourself. Start praying for yourself. So, it's like there's a circle. So, you're here in this circle. I pray for myself. Then you're moving forward in that circle. You pray for your family. Okay? You pray for your family. Then you're moving forward. You pray for your friends. Hmm? You pray for your friends. You pray for your nation. You pray for other nations. So what you discover is that by the time you're spending this time in prayer, you're spending a lot of time in prayer. You pray for yourself. You pray for your family. You pray for your friends. You pray for your church. You pray for your nation. And you pray for other nations of the world. One of the things I used to do in school then was I had a, I had a, 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 the, a, a map. Not a map. Well, it was a map actually, but on the side of the map, I don't know how many of you, those calendars they used to print in those days, big world map, okay? So they had the map of the world on the left-hand side, then they had countries on the right-hand side. How many of you remember if they used to do that, okay? Now, I had that on my wall. So what I used to do was every day I prayed for one country. Every day I prayed for one country. Pray that the light of the glorious gospel will shine on that country. So I'll just pray, 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 pray. I'd go up, you know, maybe it's Angola. It's a, that's how I knew the names of a lot of countries. That's how I knew the names of a lot of countries. I did that with Nigeria also. Praying for each state that the light of God's word will shine. Just praying as the Lord leads me. Those are basic things you can use to develop your prayer habits. Take out the 36 states that we have. Pray for one state every day. Pray. You know, the challenge is that when trouble starts, you hear that, ah, they are killing people in Damaturi. Say, let's pray, let's pray. We always like that fire brigade method. We can pray before that thing happens. If we are even praying daily, we can stop it from happening. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You know, everywhere now, there's pray for Nigeria. Have you seen? Everywhere now, Nigeria. Hey, Nigeria. Why? You've heard of a few... Well, not a few, not to minimize what's going on, but you've heard of, you know, so every time things happen like this, ah, oh, Nigeria arise, hey, fire, nothing, hey. Then once everywhere cool down again, oh Lord, you can't leave us like this. We need cars. We need money. Then you hear that, ah, six people die, hey, arise, Nigeria, arise. No, no, no. That's not, what, that's not a culture. You should have a culture of praying for your nation. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Have a culture of praying for your president. Don't pray with anger. <laughs> the scripture doesn't tell us to pray with anger. Whether you like the president or not, that's, that's your problem. That's your political problem. Spiritually, you have a responsibility as a Christian to pray for it. I, I curse you wherever you are. God is not hearing that prayer. You don't have a responsibility to curse. Hmm? <laughs> this is where it gets difficult now. Because you can't go into prayer with your own will. I hear what I'm saying. Uh -huh. So if you're, you're a member of PDP, you can't enter into the place of prayer with your card, with your party card. You enter the place of prayer as a child of God who loves all men, regardless of their party what? Affiliations. <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus. You know, someone told me that they say to, become a, to be a real Christian is tough. I said, Yes. You know, we almost made it like being a Christian is an easy work, huh? But that's not true. If it was easy, people would not have been persecuted. You know, we think Christianity is easy. It's really not easy. Christianity in its entirety 
it will constrain your flesh. Imagine Jesus talking to you as a disciple. He says, if somebody slaps you on this side, turn the other one. You say, excuse me? <laughs> eh? <laughs> or you say, they compel you to go. Go the extra mile. Love your enemies. And you know what? Because we, we kept subjecting Christianity to our own human flesh. That's what gave rise to all these prayers we pray in church today. Because he pray for your enemies. Bless them that they persecute you. Is a lie. We want to give them acidic prayers. Because that's what our flesh. You know, if we're here now, we say, let's pray. Let's pray for our enemies. Let's pray that the Lord will bless them. Let's pray that the Lord they will find salvation. You will see the, the temperature of the room. I want to bless them. You can bless them. <laughs> but know that my hand is not in that blessing. You know, but let's just raise a prayer point anywhere. You know, even, even some people who are deep in the new creation realities, you know, I've, I've got some who you say, if, but if you look at this prayer sometimes, the prayer, the prayer is also good. Once in a while, want to sprinkle your, your prayer dish with acidic prayers. Hmm? You know, Jesus says, if you love only those who love you, says, then why are you different? Why are you born again? Because that's what the sinners do. The people out there who are not born again, they love those who love them and hate those who hate them. Then, if you as a Christian are like that, then why are you born again? So why are you asking them to accept your Savior? But then, just raise a prayer point. See, anybody who will not allow you to see tomorrow, let that person die. As if you were also not planning to see tomorrow. You will see the temperature everywhere. Even when you say, in Jesus' name, people will still be praying. In Jesus' name, you have to carry a bell. It's okay. It's okay. They are dead. You know, you just want to make sure they die well. Even when you say, it's okay, sister, people will say, die, die, die. die. You know, they cover their mouth and let's release the final bullet. We don't want them to just exist. <laughs> oh, that shade of Christianity is funny. I'm telling you. Let's look at this. Number two, pray for your local church and your pastors. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 25. Pray for your pastors. Most times, people don't pray for their pastors except they hear the pastor have done something. Hmm? <laughs> when you read some things online, pastors did this. Hey! Let's pray for our men of God. Well, it's like those emergency prayer. Paul says, brethren, pray for us. It's not only your pastor that should pray for you. You should pray for your pastor. The, the Bible says that when the shepherd is, when you strike the shepherd, you scatter the sheep. If the enemy wants to destroy a church, it destroys the pastor. It's the easiest way. Hmm? Easiest way. It's the easiest way to destroy anything. You have to pray for your pastor. Consciously pray for him. Paul, as powerful as Paul, he said, pray for us. You, you see, one thing. <laughs> I saw a video today. Oh, God, I was laughing. I said, how did they get this thing online? Uh, they shouldn't have done that. The, the pastor, it's like the pastor had a birthday party or something. And uh, people didn't contribute so much. <laughs> so, he was, he was preaching to the people the next Sunday. He now said, but if it is your own, you people... <laughs> When you, are, when you have issues, I've used the money from my last pocket, or my last pocket money, or money in the last pocket, I don't know, to help you people, just to contribute. It's not that I want to eat the food, so that all of us, I mean, oh, I, felt for the, I felt for the minister. You see, sometimes we also don't think that pastors are humans. Your pastor is a human being. If, if, if other pastors are not, I am. And sometimes pastors feel discouraged and temptations are there. Weariness is there. You realize that it was Moses' members that made him not to enter the promised land. It's his members. The man would have entered the promised land. In fact, God promised him that he would kill everybody and make a nation out of him. Out of his heart for his members. He said, God should not do that. If not, God should blot his name out of the book of life. God heard that. These same people complain. Water water. They want to drink water. God told Moses, speak to the rock. The man got angry. The meekest man on the earth. Because your members can pressure you to do things. Have you heard people, some pastors curse from the pulpit? You know, sometimes they don't even know when the curse comes out. Anger. 
<laughs> and he didn't get into the promised land. So you've got to pray for your pastor. First, Second Thessalonians chapter three, verse one. Paul says, "Pray for us, brethren." It says Second Thessalonians three one again. He says, "Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord will spread rapidly and be glorified, just as it did also with you." Pray for your pastor. Okay, pray for his health. Pray for you know. Sometimes many people don't know how pastors what 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 it takes for pastors to do the work. You know, what we do in terms of preaching is just 1%, 10% of our work. Hmm? You know something? As a member of this church, I can tell you this confidently before God and man. There is no single day that you're without prayers. No single day. We pray for you every single day. Not just because we want the church to grow, but I mean, it's part of our spiritual responsibility. You have to pray for your pastor. So you put it there. Pray for your pastor. Basic prayer habits. Pray for your pastor. Don't wait to hear that. Ah, pastor stole fish. And I pray, oh God, let this embarrassment not come upon the church of Christ. No, if you were praying, you might not have fallen into that temptation. Pray for your pastor. Then, what you can do again is to have daily themes. So let's say on Monday, you pray for ministry. On Monday, you pray for ministry. On Tuesday, you can say, I want to pray for unsaved people or unbelievers. Every Tuesday, I pray for unsaved people. You can say, on Wednesday, I'd like to pray for my friends. You know, your friends would influence your life a great deal. So you have to pray for them to follow the will of God. Because if your friends are not in the will of God, they can take you out of the will of God. Are you following what I'm saying? So on, you can say on Wednesday, I'm, just, I'm not saying follow this. I'm just giving you an example. On Thursday, you can say you want to focus on the nations. Praying for missions. On Saturday, you want to pray for your community, Nigeria. So you can take each day of the week and have a specific prayer team to follow. It will guide you. So on Tuesdays, I first of all learned this from my dad. He had, he had that... On, on his Bible, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, so he had all the scriptures, everything he prayed for, uh, I learned it from him. Uh, it will help you a lot. So on Mondays, you focus. So every week, you know that you're going through those prayer points. The next thing is you can pray the Pauline prayers. I'm just going to read them out. Pray the prayers of Paul. You can say on Monday, you pray Ephesians 1, 17 to 19. On Tuesday, you pray Ephesians 3, 16 to 19. You can say on Wednesday you pray Philippians 1, 9 to 11. You can say on Thursday you pray Colossians chapter 1, verse 9 to 12. I'll go over it again. You can pray the Pauline prayers. Ephesians 1, 17 to 19. Ephesians 3, 16 to 19. Philippians 1, 19 to 11. Colossians 1, 9 to 12. Praise God. If you don't get it, look at your neighbor's notes. Uh-huh. Another thing you can do if you are matured in Christ and you know how to read the Bible from a Christ-centered perspective, you can pray some of the Psalms. So you can pray Psalm 24. You can pray it verse by verse until you get to the end. You can pray Psalm 91, every verse there. You can take scriptures and pray them. Each verse, that will lead you all through. Sometimes you can pray a whole chapter. Hmm? You can read Ephesians chapter 1, verse 1 to the end. And every verse there, you pray it. For instance, it says, uh, let's go to Ephesians chapter 1. I'm sure something there. Quickly, our time is going. Are you learning something tonight? Say amen. Alright. Let's say, uh, Ephesians chapter 1, Paul and Apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, to the saints who are Ephesus and who are faithful in Christ Jesus. You can take that and say, Father, I thank you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, because I'm faithful in you. I'm faithful in you. I'm faithful in you. You spend time praying that grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. You can pray that blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You pray that as your reality. Thank you Father because I'm blessed with every spiritual blessings in heavenly places. You pray that as a reality in your spirit. So you can spend time through the whole Bible and pray that. So you can do that also. Just basic prayer habits. Then the, the, the next one I'd like to say here before I go to some few things and then we'll wrap up is have a prayer journal. Have a prayer journal. 
So when you're praying for some things, you write when you start praying for those things. And then when God answers, you write the answer. What will help you in a prayer journal is it will help you to document the faithfulness of God. Amen. It will help you to document what? The faithfulness of God. I'll build more on this on Sunday. It will help you to document the faithfulness of God. Have a prayer journal where you document your request. Where you document the things you're trusting God for. Okay? Have a prayer journal. Documents the things you're praying. The things you're believing God for. Then when the answers come to you, you rule it like a table. You've got a prayer here. You've got an answer. Be deliberate about your prayer life. Come and tell your neighbor, be deliberate about your prayer life. Say it one more time. Say it like you mean it. Say, be deliberate about your prayer life. Tell yourself, I will be deliberate about my prayer life. Are you sure about that? Amen. Basic things that make people not pray consistently. We're going to look at them. Okay? We'll just list them. What are some of the things that make people not pray consistently? Who can, who can, who can tell me one? If it's in my notes. Sleep. No, sleep. We talked about sleep on Sunday. So that's not part of it. Okay? Who can tell me one? Tiredness. Okay, I don't have any in my notes. <laughs> procrastination. I don't have it in my notes. But they're correct. Tiredness, procrastination. Okay. So, let's, let's, let me tell you the one I have in my notes first. Then we can check yours. Basic things that make people not to pray consistently. Number one, waking up late. Waking up late. <laughs> you know, so people wake up late and then they are in a hurry to start the day. Am I right? So, They've got to go be at work at 6 o'clock. And they wake up at 5.30. How many of you think if somebody wakes up at 5.30, he wants to pray when he needs to catch the, 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 the school bus or the work bus by 6? Prayer is gone for that day. So if you prioritize your spiritual life, you prioritize sleeping early so you can pray. But have you realized something? That of all other things, we pay attention. But when it comes to these spiritual things, we can always overlook it. How many of you have thought of, ah, let me just go late to work today. Every day I've been going early. Have you ever, have that thought ever crossed your mind? When it crosses your mind, it's like, I bind you in Jesus' name. Some of my village people that are after my life and destiny. But, what, but have you ever crossed your mind again that, you know what, ah, I'll just pray tomorrow. Have that crossed your mind? Many times. But you see, you think that this earthly one is more of a priority than your spiritual life. Okay? So, waking up late. So, people always wake up late, so they have to catch up. Number two, traveling. When people travel, sometimes they end up not praying. Because they're changing schedules, they're tired and everything. So, traveling. Okay? Number three. Why people don't pray, pray, make prayer consistent in their life? The workload from the office. Workload from the office. Hmm? Those of us that take work home. Hmm? Start the day in the office by 6 or 7. Work, 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 work. Close by 5. Go back home. Hmm? There's dinner on top. So you are eating, you are walking. Children go to sleep, you are still walking. Hmm? Then when they say, let's pray, say, oh, Father, I thank you for work. There are people who, who don't even have work. <laughs> thank you that you've given me work. Who, who am I to complain? You are a good God. Even in the midst of the COVID, I was still working from home. And God is just saying, is that all the conversation we're going to have in this relationship? Next one. Children and house chores. Hmm? Family. Realize that your family can stop you from praying. Sally our wonderful sisters. Hmm? From school runs to lunch to dinner to this thing. Before you know you are tired. Hmm? Sally our dear sisters. Children can stop you from praying. Children that you ask God for that are a blessing to you. If you are not careful, those same children will make you not to communicate with God. And you know the funny things? When things start going wrong in the life of the children, they are the one that wants to rush to God. Train your children to pray. Train them to respect your prayer time. 
Tell your children when daddy is praying, he's talking to God. Don't disturb. They would, they would, if you train them like that, they would follow that. Hmm? Sometimes because we stay at the parsonage. You know, sometimes my kids are coming to ask me for stuff and they, they see me just praying. Once they see me praying in tongues, they just, they just back, back, they just go back. Sometimes I'm even praying in the compound, just walking, just praying in tongues. You know, when they come close and they see that I'm praying, they will just go back. There's no love, you know. People say, oh, you know, you know, I, don't, I can't even think of the example. Hmm? Your husband got to put things in priority in place. Your wife. We must not allow people to stop us from developing a spiritual life. Your children, your friends. Academic deadlines. Hmm? Those of us going to school. Assignments. Hmm? It's always an academic deadline. Always an essay to submit. Social media. WhatsApp. They are praying. Things are dropping. <laughs> Pictures. Hmm? So you can pray. Still be looking. You know, emojis are easy. You just load a lot. Before you know, another one will drop. <laughs> you have to be careful. You have to be careful. I realize that if you're not strict with your spiritual life, the enemy would make sure things creep into it to distract you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So the first thing when you want to pray, put your phone in another room. We're talking about basic prayer habits. We're not talking about one big revelation. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Put it in another room or put it on flight mode and pray. Because the temptation of the call coming and not to answer you say, ah, maybe what I'm praying now, this is the answer. And you say, how are you? You say, ah, I've not heard from you. I just as you hear your voice. <laughs> and you're like, is that the answer? Are you following what I'm saying? The enemy has subtle ways to do what? To distract us from our prayer time. I want you to take these simple lessons and apply them to your life. I see you becoming a prayer giant in the name of Jesus. In the days ahead, when God needs people on the earth to pray things into manifestation, He's going to call you in the name of Jesus. Another thing I'd like to say before we close set prayer stretch for yourself. Okay? Some days decide that you're going to go long in prayers. Hmm? Some months go long in prayers. Stretch yourself in prayer. Stretch yourself in prayer. Take up a project in prayer and invest your life into it. And see what will happen. Decide to pray for the church. Praise God. Decide to pray for the church. Hmm? Imagine if every one of us was praying daily that this church will grow. That people would hear the word. Imagine what will happen. Praise the name of the Lord. You know one time someone told me. He said, ah, there's no love in this place. I said, pray it. Pray love inside Anything you see that is wrong, you can adjust it in prayers. Not just in the church. All around you. God is counting on us. I said, God is counting on us. And we will not fail Him in the name of Jesus. Let's be on our faith. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Let's, let's, let me step on the keyboard. There's this thing coming up in my spirit about diabetes. This thing coming up in my spirit about diabetes. We're just going to pray over that. I don't know if there's anyone here diagnosed with that or something, but we're just going to pray over that in the name of Jesus. We're just going to, just going to pray over that in Jesus' name. Let's take authority over that. Lift your voice, everyone. Let's just pray over that. Just keep coming up in my spirit. Oh, in the name of Jesus, keep the live stream on. We, we take authority over that disease in the name of Jesus. 
We take authority over that disease. We break its power. We release the healing power of Jesus right now all over this congregation and all over those watching on live streaming. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Show us the Father. Show us the Father, we thank you. We give you praise, O oh God. In the name of Jesus. We thank you for signs. We thank you for miracles. We thank you for wonders. There are things God wants to do in our life. We need to get ready for it. Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. We give you praise. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.